0: Andy Fenton. Mr. DeWin, feeling like <laughs> a little bit of PTSD almost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How are you, my friend? Uh, we've got a fair few online. Give us a shout out, gang. Uh, where are you? Who are you in the comments? Love to hear from you. Uh, we're back. We're back, as Mortimer once said. Uh, we're back. Um, and uh, Wealth, Wine and Wisdom kicking off on the 3rd of March, 2021. Uh, Andy and I thought we'd have a little rest to save our livers, um, but uh, the inaugural <laughs> 2021 kickoff for Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. We're doing it midweek now. Uh, Fridays were, uh, were a little bit uh, hard to handle, but uh, we thought we might uh, keep the W's going. Wednesday, Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. Four W's, as we have said many times, uh, often more wine than wisdom. But sometimes, I think, Andy, sometimes we do get a little. <laughs> now, hey, Andy, is your name spelt right there? Um, <laughs> because I think you've misspelled your name.
0: Um... <laughs> <laughs> there, might, there, might, there might be a little bit of a slip there, Mike. I know I'm dyslexic, but jeez, uh, I've missed
1: the tea, and I didn't even notice. <laughs> well, that wasn't me. But but folks, welcome, welcome, welcome. For those who are joining us for the first time, welcome. For those who are coming back uh, from last year, we are now up to episode 38 of Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. It's now called Wednesday, Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. Uh, how it first started, Andy and I uh from two different industries, uh, the property industry and the share and finance industry, the financial services industry, uh, were serving and supporting our respective clients in the great toilet paper shortage of 2020, which was COVID. Yeah. Um, and um, <laughs> we uh, we uh, got together every Friday because there was things happening in 2020 to help our clients stay safe, stay well, make good financial decisions. And uh, it stuck. We enjoyed it. We had a few wines, sometimes a few too many. Uh, We shared some of our wisdom uh, to help people, help investors keep their wealth. And I'm glad we did because some interesting things have panned out over 2020 and we Mm. see some interesting things coming in 2021. Andy. I'll do the intros while everyone is listening. Uh, Myself, Jason Witten, over 20 years property investing experience and coaching property investors uh, across Australia and New Zealand over 18 years. Andy Fenton, over 20 years experience in the banking uh, and financial uh, sector uh, when it comes to financial planning, the banking world. Uh, And each Wednesday now, we get together, we chew the fat, share the wisdom, share the love with our respective communities to help everyone stay on track. So this is our inaugural kickoff for 2021. And uh, Andy, great to, to be back with you, my friend.
0: And Andy, you, mate, it's a little bit Andy weird to uh, have a, a, uh, <laughs> a glass of wine on a Wednesday, but uh, we thought we'd kick it off. Just for all of you out there who are concerned about our livers and our well-being, uh, we're going to do the occasional one on the uh, on the Friday where we will actually indulge a little bit further into the uh, to the wine and maybe bring a few great labels to you. But, uh, but we thought, why not? We'll celebrate, we'll kick off what was uh, a pretty incredible year. Uh, no matter whether you look at it as a, as a, you know, the, the pandemic year uh, for some people it was an incredibly good year for some people, it was a terrible year. Um, you know, so we thought we'd start off with a, a pandemic Pinot, and uh, and then try and give you some really meaty stuff uh, over the coming end. For those of you who were a part of the original group and Jason and I first started this, we started off with a concept called the seasons of stimulus and interestingly enough we're about to hit the end of that season of stimulus and so what's going to roll out is going to be just as interesting as what rolled in over that year although here's the thing we know that there is going to be a little bit less adjustment by governments so we can predict a little bit better what is going to happen now because we've sort of seen the unpredictable stuff to a degree play through yeah Uh, so now we can look at how the world's going to put itself back together and we've got some incredible insights and some incredible uh, resources that we're using to bring this to you. So uh, looking forward to a year, hopefully a little bit more predictable than last. But having said, that, we should bring back the segment of what we got right last year because we made uh, <laughs> quite a few calls, especially you, mate, that, uh, that landed really, really well. And I think it's a good little bridge into some of the segments that we've got here tonight because, you know, for, for both of us in our relative markets, people were, were tearing shreds off equities, people were tearing shreds off property uh, and, you know, this is the end, it's never coming back and, uh, mate, there was some uh, some some pretty good opportunities that we, we brought to people's lives whether they took them or not last year. Yeah,
1: mate, completely agree. Uh, while I do a little bit of uh, adjusting at my end, Andy, maybe you can just adjust your uh – your feed to 720 or 540. We are getting a little bit of delay in your video, uh, the old internet. It's great when it works and uh, a bit annoying when it doesn't, but uh, your audio's coming through fine. Your video is just a little bit laggy. So I'm, uh, if you could adjust that as we go, that would be wonderful. But for those still uh, on, we've got 35 on. Give us a shout-out from where you're hailing today, gang. Um, Andy's dialing in from Melbourne. You can see with his pasty white complexion there. Um, he's a ma-
0: <laughs> It's the camera. It's the camera. It's I the promise camera. you, it's the camera. I was up playing golf with Jason on the weekend, but this is a tan for me. Have a look. Yeah, he was Denmark. up. He
1: was, he was up here in the Gold Coast having a having a weekend and getting a tan, but. Um, uh Melbourne Melbourne, Andy. Uh I'm from the G C or Queensland. And uh we got Bradley in from Mackay. Great to see you, Bradley. Um we got Lay Le- uh Lee in from WA, all the way from Western Australia. Great to have you on uh on with us as well. Amy from Darwin. Awesome, fantastic. Um few of the gang uh flying in here. There's Bradley, there's Lee, there's Amy, great to have you guys on today. Uh Alison. You're there. We've got Newcastle. We got a <laughs> somebody's driving a concrete Great truck. truck. <laughs> that's fantastic. Awesome. Great to hear you. Make sure you're watching where you're going. <laughs> uh, which which is super cool. Well, that's awesome, guys. Well, listen, um, Andy and I wanted to let you guys know, uh, we wanted to put together a little bit of a um a little bit of a process of uh the wealth, wine and wisdom, how we're gonna roll uh this year twenty twenty one. And we wanted to sort of say um, we're going to do it in three parts uh, each time. We're going to get together. Wednesdays, we're thinking of doing the Wealth, Wine and Wisdom um, Wednesday, probably starting at about 4 o'clock to 4.30 at the moment, between 4 and 4.30 in Queensland time, which would be uh, 5 o'clock or 5.30 in the, uh, the southern eastern states and uh Darwin and and WA. I'm not quite sure what time that would be right now. Uh, however, it would be great to get your feedback, gang. Uh, five o'clock start maybe is probably a good idea. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to chuck it into three sections or chunk it into three sections. What's in the news? We're going to break down stuff that's in the news because things that are is that that is in the news in at uh, the world of shares in the world of property can be confusing uh, often. Uh, My call is I think 99% of it is rubbish written uh, by people who have no interest in owning assets and creating wealth through investing in shares or investing in property or investing in general. Um, Sadly, it is about clickbait. It's about getting eyeballs, not about giving advice or being accurate. So we're going to break down what's in the news. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of, we're going to do a section called Stuff You Should Know. As a as an investor of any description, there's things you should know, and Andy and I want to be able to maybe share some of our wisdom, our teachings from our experiences, stuff you should know right there. And then we want to do a a section called "Any Questions." Any questions, which would be fantastic. And what we would love to do, what we'd love to do, if any of you guys on right now would like to uh, be the inaugural guest, fly in. We want to zoom you in. Yeah, whoever's driving the concrete truck, we can't get you in. I don't think that would be appropriate. (laughs) But uh, uh, whoever is up for it, who wants to be a guest, give us a shout-out in the chat and uh, I might uh, see if I can get you a link so you can zoom on in with us right now on our Ecamm Live, which is going live, and maybe be a guest for maybe five minutes or so to ask us some questions. If you're game, um, we won't do anything weird. It just might be a bit of fun to see if we can do that sort of stuff. So um, that's the thing we're going to do. What's in the news? Stuff you should know, any questions, and maybe have a guest. Give us a shout-out if anyone's keen to be a guest. But Andy, 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 what is in the news (laughs) for you, my friend? What is going on? Uh, Let's do what's in the news. From Andy Fenton from the world of finance and shares, uh,
0: give us the lowdown. Well, mate, I thought I'd start off with this because, you know, it's it's the low-hanging fruit and I think it was the tone that we set last year was that there's a lot of bullshit in the, um, in the media. And yeah, as you said, right. clickbait, those of you who don't know what clickbait means, uh, clickbait for some of the the less technologically advanced out there is it's just headlines that make you stop scrolling and clicking on whatever it is. And the reality is that, you know, news used to be informative and now it's almost disinformative. And so it's and how do you capture headlines? You know, do I, do I capture headlines by showing cute kittens and rabbits and things like that? Generally not, right? It's, that's why it's at the end of the show. So the way that they capture headlines is by getting little dopamine hits and uh, and firing up your amygdala, uh, which is the fear factory of the brain, and that moves you into action. And it doesn't surprise me, and it, this is a classic what's actually written over here, is that uh, we're literally just, uh, you know, we're almost at the peak of market uh, for a number of years. Like the Australian equities market is, is teetering around some of the highs from... Uh, Uh, almost going back to the to the gc we've got property which has been you know accelerating at a rapid rate rate of knots um so what what they they start to look at and go well interest rates are staying low for a long period of time and the reserve bank of australia has come out and said yes we, we we intend to leave rates on hold for quite some time into the future and so all of a sudden you know a pandemic which i'm not going to say is and my intention here is not to, to placate or is not to uh, is to downplay the pandemic but more to to highlight the fact that when it comes to investing and when it comes to, to property it's actually pretty good out there and nowhere near as bad as they made it out to be so what is the headlines you're going to start to see so here's me putting on my um, Nostradamus cap I'm going to put that on here and I'm going to start to predict that these monkeys are going to start to put, uh, and, and I don't mean there's no racial connotation there, monkeys, I just mean monkeys in general, uh, you know they, 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 they jump around, they scratch their head, they eat peanuts and they come up with bad headlines. And so this is the first one. Literally one day since they started admitting, oh, my God, property markets are going really well, oh, my God, equity markets are actually bounced back really well, we've got nothing to talk about. So the big fear factor is then inflation. Right, and so here's how ridiculous uh, the, these headlines are, and you can just Google it now. Jump in and and Google inflation. These are all one to two days old, which is no doubt they've got nothing negative to report on. So they're they're now, and for those of you who don't know, inflation is the average cost of consumer goods going up. So if that goes up aggressively, then in theory, the Reserve Bank should raise interest rates to 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 counter that. And then the raising of interest rates should then have a bad flow on effect to equity markets and to property markets supposedly. So they're trying to create the new storm well ahead of the storm. The only thing that they didn't do, Jason, is they didn't actually, for more than a week, actually call it in the right direction where they said markets are good for one week. And, <laughs> uh, and so that was the first time they got it right uh, since, I don't know, definitely before February last year. So having a look at the effects of, you know, different types of market conditions. And this is sort of a general philosophy, if you will. So if we look at different types of market conditions, we've got prosperity that we call spring here, which is where, you, you know, you're heavily into growth assets, private equity, infrastructure, commodities, so on and so forth. But if we look at inflationary periods of time, which I'm not saying we're in, by the way, there there is inflation and asset inflation in certain areas, but I'm not saying that we're in an inflationary period, not by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But what you do start to look at you look at real assets, right? You start to look at real estate and you start to look at food, farmland and gold, uh, which are all uh, asset classes. But the one that they're trying, Jason, the one that they're trying, and I'm, I'm more of an equities guy and I'm, I'm going to defend you guys at the moment, but the one
1: that they're trying <laughs> This to- is unusual. This is unusual. The equities guy giving the giving a property a shout-out. <laughs>
0: But I'll only ever do it when I'm giving the uh, the politicians and the uh, and the, the media a bit of a beat up is uh, that they they want to scare the living bejesus out of people now uh, going into into property and the reality is that inflation is actually good for real assets for real estate. So uh, the headlines themselves are kind of counterproductive to the cause that they're trying to create. So I sort of thought that's interesting. And then when we have a look at, you know. Uh, interest rates being the lowest that they've ever been when we have a look at everything that we can in as far as financial markets who's been there before we talked about it last year basically exactly what we had to say came true uh but you know japan has been there for a long time and yes it's had you know inflation sort of spikes along the journey but it's basically been a line game along the journey so the very first shout out is what's in the news bullshit it always is uh (laughs) but um but do the research because they they don't even know what they're talking about at the moment. But the other thing uh, that is in the news, and I'll, I'll come back to that later on, in the news in my area. And again, this is going to actually play over to the property guys. Yeah, I was bit, going to so. ask
1: about this one because we were talking about this the other day. It's uh, it's this is this is fantastic. And pay attention, gang. This one's this one's really interesting. I love it.
0: So. And so th- there's this concept of a 60-40 portfolio. Uh, and in my uh, world at the moment, and we, we were talking about this last year, so this is how late they've jumped on the wagon, right? So, Jace, I think you and I were talking about this in April. The 60-40 portfolio is uh, a portfolio that is made up of 60% of growth assets and about 40% of defensive assets, defensive assets being government bonds, term deposits, and cash, right? Uh, yep. Now... couple of years ago we'd be getting four or five percent for our government bonds our term deposits and you know a couple of percent for our cash but uh as we know this is that red line is what interest rates have done over the you know in australia over the last few years and that red line is is basically the zero territory so you're getting paid (laughs) nothing for your cash so this was called a balanced portfolio well cash is trash right uh, cash is worth nothing right now it's bloody bugger all the only reason you would hold substantial assets in cash right now is if you believe it's going to crash. All right? So, you hold cash if you believe the market's going to crash, because at the moment, you're not going to get paid anything for cash. Uh, and we'll talk about it in a different line of wisdom uh, when we get more technical and it's specific. But uh, effectively, you ha- if you're in government bonds, so long dated government bonds, you have got unlimited downside risk. With limited upside risk, which is almost nothing. Uh, so, we've now got portfolios and cop this. So, uh, let me offense to the listeners while I keep rabbiting on. And I want participation here in the chat. How much money do you believe is in superannuation right now in Australia? So, just throw it in there. If it takes you more than five seconds to throw it in, we know that you're Googling. <laughs> and uh, and we're not, we're not going to take it seriously, all right? Well, because we will give out we'll, <laughs> we'll give out awards from time to time.
1: Well, Andy, I, I do know where the delay is probably between ten and fifteen seconds in restreams. So, uh, well, we we might give everyone maybe twenty seconds. But uh, Alison said she's going to volunteer as a uh, a tribute guest, the first guest off the off the off the rank. So, Alison uh I've sent you a text message. You and I uh know each other. There we go. Uh so if you see the text message, Alison, uh hopefully it goes to your mobile phone. It should be very easy for you to grab the mobile phone and pop on in. If Alison, if your mobile's no good and you want it sent to your email, uh, let me know. And we're seeing the comments come through now. Uh Tony's saying four trillion, Andy. Uh Bradley reckons $30 There there's some big T's going on here. Um, we've, got some, we've got some answers flowing on through. <laughs> uh,
0: so we'll keep you in suspense while I try and remember what the exact number is. <laughs> but uh, the second number I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out there, and I, I tongue in cheek, we know what it is, but the second number as you're writing these down is how much do you think in superannuation now is sitting in that 40%? How much do you think is sitting in cash? Uh, or government bonds into that defensive sector. Just have a little bit of a think and whack it in there. Uh, I'll give you, I'll
1: give so what you was a the tip. The question, how much is sitting in the defensive section in cash? So uh, you're saying, all right, how much is in super, in the whole Australian super? Tony reckons $4 trillion, uh, Bradley reckons $30 trillion. And that, now what we're saying is, all right, how much is sitting in cash across accounts in australia right now chuck it in the chat uh if you if you're up for a number chuck that number in there and he's got um and he's got to uh pad this out a little bit so he can search the number up on his computer
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've got it in here so while you're all putting those numbers in uh let's have a look at what i'm talking about here so if you have a look across to this diagram, we've got shares and property. If it's 60% of a million-dollar portfolio, it's $600,000. Yeah. Yeah. Easy math. Average earning, you know, around about 8% over time, that's kind of what property and shares and things like that tend to do with income and capital. So you, your reward for the $600,000 is about $48,000. Um, then you've got your fixed interest or your defensive part, so that's the 40%, so that's four four 400000 so you have around about 5% you used to be able to get for this. So that's about 20000 which means that your 60-40 portfolio uh, over time is probably going to give you about $68,000 uh, to the million, which is 6.8%. And many of you will have seen those types of returns bandied around for a while. Here's the challenge, though. When that 400000 drops to 1% and now below 1%, well, all of a sudden, That uh, sixty-eight thousand starts to diminish pretty quickly, and that four hundred thousand dollars that you've got in is earning you four thousand dollars at one percent. Four thousand dollars. So you've got to start the thing. Ludicrous! It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And uh, and when we take into consideration inflation, which you know could be running at two percent, then your money's actually (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah well. Well, but, like, pay the tax on that as well. I mean, you know, you, what, what, are you going to pay 30% tax on it if, across well, maybe maybe percent 15% tax.
0: tax when it's in lupa. So, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So, people are asking themselves, quite rightly so, and investment managers are asking themselves, well, is 60-40 dead? And it's a great question because at the moment you're not holding cash for Uh, for any type of interest rate whatsoever. You can't hold it for capital growth because you're going to get very little or none. Uh, But you could suffer a capital loss if interest rates go back up. So there's a lot of forces that are pushing interest rates back down. So if we have a look at – oh, actually, I won't go through these. But um, the question is, is the the 60-40 portfolio dead?
1: I reckon it is. It's dead, Andy. It's dead. So (laughs) of that –
0: and look, at the moment, we're asking the same question for our clients, and we're trying to find those real assets or assets that have a more defensive uh, character than just bonds. So here's the story: clients, and you know this one, Jace, are sitting there going, "Well, I've got two million dollars in my super fund. Uh, I've got, you know, at the moment eight hundred thousand or so sitting in." In cash and term deposits, which used to give me 5%, which was great, but now I don't have any. And they say, Well, Andy, given the fact that we can't get that there, I want to invest in blank. What do you reckon it is? So when you get this, just quickly type it in there. I want to invest in blank. What do you think is their next most defensive asset class? They're they're not typing in blank, right?
1: They're typing in what they
0: think, right? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? To feed a fee, blank blank, 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 blank. All blank, right, blank. so
1: so type in what is a defensive. Uh, what's the next defense after bonds, uh, cash? What are the other two? What what were the other classic defensive assets, Andy? Uh, uh, is there any others? Just bonds and bonds and uh, cash. Well,
0: there's creative ones that are high, so term deposits, bonds, cash, uh, and then bonds go into corporate bonds, junk bonds but then start to become very risky. Junk bonds are rubbish, mate. No. Junk
1: bonds caused the GFC, Andy. Don't fucking talk about junk bonds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> wankers called the, caused the GFC. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: sorry. That is. Banker, caused, banker caused wankers, the... by the way. Reform banker over there. <laughs> 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 don't worry. I live on the Gold Coast and I'm in real estate. I don't have white shoes or a gold necklace, so hopefully I should be okay. Um, all right. Well, Tony reckons... Ah, uh, bonds. But Tony, what we're saying is, if bonds and cash are off the table because they're both rubbish right now, what's the next defensive asset people are thinking about? And Andy, I reckon you just dive right in there.
0: So, and this isn't me saying it, by the way. This is what we're seeing because we're seeing. Then let me just contextualize it a little bit more, so you guys can put some more comments in to uh, let us know what your thoughts are. But you've got retirees or pensioners right that that are used to having a portfolio that isn't 60 40 right it's this it's the 70 30 so 30 percent is in aggressive assets 70 percent is in bonds and cash yes right? yes so just to clarify that that's $700,000 of a million dollar portfolio would normally have been sitting in term deposits or government bonds uh, if they're sitting in there well they're asking where do I put my 40%, you know, where do I put my offensive play? And here, here it is. So just all of you, it's $2.9 trillion that's actually sitting in the superannuation environment right here, right now in Australia. Um, Tony was, Tony was pretty 9. close.
1: Tony was pretty close. Tony said $4 trillion, so $2.9 trillion, Tony.
0: $2.9 trillion, as at December uh, 2020. $791 billion that's B with B, for billion $791, billion, $791 billion, right, that is looking for a home. And I use that play on words because that's what we're seeing. We're, what we're seeing people say, Andy, term deposits don't work. Andy, the um, uh, government bonds, crap. We need a yield. We've got 70% of our assets in this asset class that is not giving us any return. Um, well the next most expensive asset that we know is property so let's buy property because we can get five percent rent and that is i'm not saying that that's the way that it should be i'm not saying that that's the way that people should be looking at it but what i'm telling you is that that is what we're seeing that's what we're seeing people do yeah now if you've got 791 billion dollars and even you just said well you know what it's it's a quarter of that that's trying to find its home In you're still looking at 200 billion dollars that's going to be filtering out into these real assets now we're looking at things like commercial property we're looking at things like infrastructure we're looking at other you know vehicles that can be syndicated and uh and and potentially in our world create more defense uh and and also in our world you can have smaller clips of it because you can you can get in 25 grand you know into syndications rather than 750 grand into property uh but what I'm telling you and what I'm seeing in the market is that that $791 billion is starting to move uh, and people are starting to become more aggressive because if you don't believe the market is going to crash, people are looking for a yield and that $791 billion is looking for a home, Jace. Mate, that's a
1: perfect, perfect segue
0: into uh,
1: where I'm at, what's in the news, what's going on because... We're seeing that right now, and Alison's uh, in in the green room. She's waiting. Um, so, Alison, uh, we'll probably get to you as a guest in maybe five to ten minutes. So, uh, so uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you've got a question, it would be lovely if you had a question. If not, it would be just lovely to see your face and fly you in as a guest, as a bit of a test case, the first guest off the, uh, the rank for. Twenty twenty one, but uh, what's in the news for the real estate game, uh, Andy? Uh, I'm just going to quickly do a little bit of a, um, little bit of a uh, a history lesson right now. What was in the news? Uh, this was reported thirteenth of May. Thirteenth of May, CBA warns Australian property prices are going to crash thirty two percent. What a bunch of rubbish! I said rubbish at the same time uh back then i don't know where these these people get their uh information from it's certainly inaccurate and uh you and i have joked about this a hundred times andy what's the only job you can be wrong all the time time in and uh still be employed uh, uh being an economist and uh, <laughs> they never get it right uh and they still get jobs and they still get paid really well uh, so that's a pretty interesting one. But anyway, they were wrong. Uh, I knew they were <laughs> going to be wrong because uh, there was some actual facts and evidence in the marketplace that was counter to that one, which is interesting, <laughs> where the man may be forecasting. Well, uh, you know, I certainly can't forecast the future, but I can certainly tell when uh, someone says something uh in the real estate game, whether that's going to play out or not. And uh, what we do know right now, Westpac, as of right now, February 2022, uh, 2021 is saying, hey, hey, it's going to go up 20%. How does does our fortune turn 50%, Andy Fenton, in 13 months in the game of real estate, according to the Banks of Australia? Uh, it doesn't. It's bullshit. Both both comments are rubbish. Um, the reality is it never fell anywhere near the amount that uh, the Combank was uh, warning about. And to be honest, uh, hardly any pressure was on prices across Australia. It was psychological, emotional pressure. And uh, thankfully... Thankfully, Andy, people tuned in to your and my information on Wealth, Wine and & Wisdom and other ways we supported our, supported our communities and we helped them stay on track because here is the facts right now in the Australian marketplace, vacancy rates, which are a predictor of the uh, supply uh, in our real estate market where you can see right now across Australia, you can see um, from Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide, Canberra, Darwin, Hobart, those marketplaces are under 2%, under 2%. And you can see from Perth down is under 1%. That is severe, and I mean severe, supply shortage in our marketplace. If you go and check out my Facebook Live in June 2019, you can track it down on my Facebook page or our positive Facebook page. I said in that Live, ladies and gentlemen, we are entering the largest, the worst undersupply we have ever seen. It is on its way Uh, and Corona made it worse. It didn't cause it. It just made it worse, and now we are in the most severe undersupply construction new construction undersupply Australia has ever 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 seen in its history, and the only saving grace right now why we aren't we aren't having you know absolute madness and mayhem occur is that our population uh uh, immigration numbers have fallen to soften the problem that we are facing right now. And I can tell you right now, very soon, the the borders will be open and people will come to Australia within a year or two and this problem will not be solved in that period of time. There, there's a three- to five-year transition timeframe between this problem and the solution and uh, we're going to have some interesting times. Uh, it certainly won't be any property prices falling anytime soon. Um, I can tell you that one. Uh, property prices are going spastic. As far as I'm concerned, I believe not every property will go up 20%. That is a rubbish comment as well. That's rubbish comment as well. Um, some properties did go down in value. Some properties went up in value. Some properties won't go up in value in the next two years or 12 months, that is a quality conversation. We can talk about that another time. You can see places like Melbourne and Sydney have slightly declined in um, in, uh, in vacancy rate. But one thing I do want to point out with this one, Andy, is the devil is in the details in this one. If you have a look uh, in here, if you draw a line across
0: there, that is all you Melbourne. Zoom in a little bit for me there, mates, just so I can zoom see the in. numbers there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. perfect. Okay.
1: So what does that show? That shows the rise in listings in locations and the drops in rents as a percentage in those locations. Okay. Now, and the reason for that, which is predominantly focused in Melbourne, a little bit, in Sydney, uh, and a smidgen in Brisbane, you know, very, very small location to Brisbane, is because, ladies and gents, the devil is in the detail, that is university-located accommodation. 50% of this vacancy up here is uh, university students not getting access to Australia. That will change, and that will change overnight. Uh, in a very short period of time. All right, I'll skip that part. Another fact in the news right now in Australia, it is cheaper today from a cost and affordability point of view, lowest interest rates to purchase a property than it was 11 years ago. And what has happened is that the... Uh, people who have been priced out of the market in this section of the market over about a five seven eight year period are back with a vengeance right now, so what Andy is saying, we've got seven point nine billion dollars look seven hundred and ninety one billion dollars looking for a home, which is let's invest in a defensive asset, so too are the millennials who didn't buy a home but now interest rates are so low it is cheaper to buy a home in most capital cities than it is to rent a home in most capital cities and the government created a stimulation that was off the charts when it came to first-home buyers. They were giving money away like drunken sailors, as uh, my business partner, Semi Sagas, says. Uh, and it was close to $50,000 of cash and incentives for 1st home buyers. Okay, so what we've, what we've seen, Andy mentioned it before, three-year bond, interest rates down to absolute insane lows uh, as we go. But here's the drill, gang. Our change in dwelling, our stock supply, and our change in population, it has plummeted insanely down to record lows and you watch when our population bounces from the bottom, which has been, um, restricted. Population changes or immigration will change faster than construction in Australia. Okay. Uh, And already the government is saying, you know what, we're going to allow people in with money and, uh, when when we get a chance we're going to do that building approvals so what happens is construction dwelling stock the amount of properties that are alive today available and then approvals approvals are a 3 to 5 year window into what is coming potentially we have seen some significant drops across houses and across um, units and apartments and townhouses in the property market. So, Andy, that's what's in the news in my neck of the woods. What is in the news for the next 12 months and I, I think we'll see it play out is this significant shortage in new properties which will put all sorts of knock-on pressure and um, uh, impetus on property prices increasing and also rents increasing because this is a weird one. This is a weird one. For, for the first time in 22 years I've been in the world of investing, Andy, when um, interest rates go down, the pressure often is off the rents going up and we saw it actually for about two years. Interest rates go down and rents actually soften for the first time in a long time. Yes. What is going to happen right now is actually interest rates will stay low, if not maybe even go down um, a smidgen from the banks, not from the RBA. But you will see rents go up because the supply is so constrained, landlords will be able to put their rents up while keeping their interest rates low. And that is the first time I have ever seen that. Well, first time I've seen it in my 22 years of investing in real estate. It's a new world in that sort of space. So that's what's in the that's what's in the news for me. And um mate uh interesting times when it comes to both of our worlds, that is for sure. That is for sure. But we've got and look,
0: uh, I think that's a, a really good just before we throw to the guests, I think it's a really good uh summary and it's a great way to start offline and wisdom for this year. Because it's a great example and you know you, you and I often have different thoughts from property to, to equities, but one thing that we're we're very, very vigilant on is where we get our data from. Yes. Uh, and it's a matter of you've always got to look at the other side. Don't just look at a couple of headline statistics like Melbourne's occupancy rate is 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 high. You've got to understand the reasons why and you've got to delve a little bit deeper. So I think between what we've gone through today, is the sort of value that we'll try and bring throughout the rest of the year is that, okay, there's a headline. Is it true? Yes, the headline's true. Is it bullshit? Yes, it's bullshit. And why is it bullshit? It's because it's the headline with the headline number, but here's all of the data that sits underneath that number and what we're not saying is don't go out and buy property. We're not saying go out and buy property because that's what Jace's business is for, for, selecting right assets, and that's what my business is for as far as Uh, getting the right mix of things right. That's what we are saying is make sure that you're making wise decisions with your money, not something that is spurred by whatever you're listening to in the news. Because if you did, you would have sold your house in the pandemic and you would have sold your whole portfolio of shares in the pandemic because the world was going to end. If you did that right about now, you'd be very, very, very unhappy that you did. You'd be kicking yourself. You're dead
1: right. And then the cost to get back in, Andy? The cost to get out, the cost to get back in is where where people lose out long-term, where investors lose out long-term. And to be honest, someone who buys and sells based on the emotions in the market are not investors. And uh, if this is you, then it's harsh but it's true. You're a good time, Charlie, and you are the person who causes the problems. So listen, go to the casino, don't be an investor because you give the rest of us the shits because you can't – go the distance when it comes to investing. Investing is for a long time. You buy an asset and you own it and keep it, right? Um, anyway, there's my little rant. There's my little moment on my soapbox anyway for today. But uh, what I'd love to do, um, Andy. So, gang, we've done um, what's in the news. Uh, we don't have time for Stuff You Should Know, but we are going to have that segment, Stuff You Should Know, um, coming in the very near future. But today, yep, yeah, stuff... Other way, Andy. Other way now. <laughs> um, for right now, we would love to bring in a guest. Uh, Alison, if you're ready, we're going to fly you in here, hopefully. There you are. Um, <laughs> Guys. <laughs> there you are. You're looking, looking awesome. Uh, great to have you here today. Now, I think maybe the internet might be a bit weird and funky, maybe if it's even at my end. But anyway, how you been?
0: <laughs> Good, thanks, Jackson. <laughs>
1: Uh, so uh do you have a question for us today? Uh you're a friendly, you're a friendly guest, which is good. Uh what question do you have for me or Andy? It doesn't matter. Um, chuck it out um, there.
0: Just a general one. I just saw actually speaking of what's in the news, that Brisbane is a contender for the two thousand and twenty three Olympics. Just wanna know if that goes ahead and that happens, what are your thoughts on how it's going to affect the market, especially the property market and Tourism, general.
1: Yeah, well, Andy, um, I know, I know you'd have uh, plenty to say about this one. Why don't you kick it off, and I'll sort of round it out.
0: Uh, look, it's it's a short term effect uh, as far as the, the 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 money influx into Australia and the and the the tourism, but it can mean big things for business. It's quite often the infrastructure side of the equation that becomes the very very big uh, strategic advantage for the state because they get almost a, a limitless check to go out there and, and put good resources into the logistical operation of a state. And when they use that money wisely, then the whole areas can become more efficient, uh, can use that infrastructure for, you know, other events moving forward, for lifestyle, for business, so on and so forth. So effectively the state gets a free kick. Uh and all other things being equal, if they spend the money well, then that can provide substantial uh, benefits moving forward. Uh, a lot of people kind of think that it, it's, it provides a good short-term arbitrage or, or to get into the market. I'm not a player into that. I think that probably there can be a bit of a, a timing effect in it. But if they do win it and they do spend the money really well, then uh, if you're in the, the flight path of the infrastructure that gets put in place on a property perspective, then you could do really well if you're a retailer or a business that is uh, that is uh, making its crumbs from people on the ground. Then it's obviously great, and it'll and it'll boost up the uh, the overall revenue coming into the state just from overseas travellers, assuming that overseas mm-hmm. travellers can actually come.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's, it's getting I think it's a, a few years <laughs> away. Andy, my question to sort of dovetail into Alison's: Is there any correlation? Did you have you seen any correlation in that? Uh, I mean, the most recent time, obviously, is the Sydney Olympics. Um, you know, were you? Uh, do you have any feedback or commentary in and around that time in the marketplace from your world? You know, the shares and equities world.
0: Was there any sort of Australian
1: correlation for value?
0: Uh, as far as what was going on in the state and 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 how it impacted, well. It impacted businesses in an extraordinarily positive way. My thoughts, logistically, on on what they did as far as uh, the the stadiums and and so on and so forth, I I think that they probably made a bit of a uh, a meal of some of the positions of some of the stadiums because they turned into ghost towns. And this is what I what I was alluding to is if, if you make good strategic decisions and they're long term, they're not just for the Olympics. Uh, they're Strategic decisions about the infrastructure of the state, and you can do some incredible things. Sydney, I think, by the nature of Sydney being Sydney and how built out it is, it had to put a lot of it out into the, the far distant suburbs that it yeah. became a bit of a logistical nightmare. And so you ended up with ghost villages, uh, which really didn't give them a lot of long term bang for their buck. They're only just starting to use that infrastructure now in a productive way. Yep. Yeah, it's it mm. certainly
1: it's certainly um certainly the case. Certainly from a real estate point of view, uh Sydney in the past, the the experience absolutely went ballistic after the Sydney Olympics. There was a direct correlation with the amount of visitors, the amount of overseas exposure, you know, that created. Uh I I believe that Brisbane is yet to yet to feel that international flavour yet, you know, Melbourne and Sydney have been on the radar uh, from um, from the rest of the world for a long, long time and I believe that Brisbane, uh, this is going to be a chance. If it wins, this will be a chance. Uh, Sam, and probably not Sam has said it, but uh, I think it comes from uh, other places where um, Brisbane is a new world city uh, it's it's small, it's compact, it's new. Melbourne and Sydney are a bit more old world. They they've got large populations. The the capacity for infrastructure and improvement is restricted because of the population and and, um, and uh, the cost of its real estate. So my call, Allison, um, will be that I think uh, if Brisbane wins this thing, I think we're going to see a significant. <coughs> excuse me a significant uh, increase in the attention on the real estate of Brisbane and that will certainly bring some value increases for good quality, good positioned real estate um, around the world. Um, yeah, so mate, good question. Uh, I think it's exciting. Certainly I do know the property mm-hmm. that you are uh, in and <laughs> I would be very confident, I'd be very confident in the um that property receiving um excellent, excellent attention from um winning the Olympics because of its connectivity and its style of real estate. That's for sure. Um I, 100%. I think Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're in the driver's <laughs> seat with that one, buddy. For
0: sure, for sure. Yeah. No worries. Nice.
1: Awesome. Thanks,
0: guys. <laughs>
1: well, fantastic to have you on. Thank you for being a guest and uh being our first inaugural guest. Uh, thank you very much, Alison, and uh have a good have a good one.
0: We'll let you go. Thanks, Alison. I'll see you. Bye. <laughs> see you. Now Jason, you didn't set us up with that because that played beautifully into the property game there. Didn't <laughs> didn't give the chairman as much to talk about, but uh certainly you, you lit your tires on fire and have to bet these coming through in the future, I think. I think you need to load up a
1: guest or two in, in, in your neck of the woods, mate. Fly one in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh well I think the timing's right mate uh for us to call it uh, a day on our first inaugural uh wealth wine and wisdom mate fantastic to chat with you um can you Good tell your hamsters can you tell your hamsters next time to pedal a bit faster the internet was a bit slow for you down your neck of the woods this week um but uh next time hopefully the hamsters are going a bit faster
0: um and I'll and, get there but- you what uh the, uh the the old nbn the old bullshit down here mate uh, <laughs> I have moved to America and then I'll stream in from there and uh that we might be uh, we might be going but I'll certainly get the uh the old cop cable round around the uh the, <laughs> the getting
1: that sucker. mate I think you gotta get on the five G mate the five G's the, the the goods but uh um mate uh fantastic to to catch up with you again my friend um hopefully Good everyone team. has enjoyed uh, the first kick off for Wealth One and Wisdom, just again showing you guys what we're going to be covering, what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing what's in the news, stuff you should know. Any questions? And uh, as always, uh, my world of property, Andy's world of equities and shares and the share market. Uh, we wouldn't call it a clash, but we'll we'll call it a rubbing up against. We uh, we we have a a good robust conversation about our two worlds and how we can navigate them as property investors, as share investors, as people who want to take care of our money, because at the end of the day, that's important for us all to make sure we take care of our wealth. But uh thanks for dialing in, gang. Uh Sharon's there. Allison. Um, thanks guys. Really appreciate you guys being in. Uh this one, uh Hadik, um uh this one will be loaded up live to the Positive Mentor, Positive Mentor YouTube page. We'll let all the mentoring clients know and um, as we go along. So really awesome to see you guys on today. Thank you for joining us. We're going to kick this off. It's going to be 5 o'clock Sydney, Melbourne time, 4 o'clock Queensland time or thereabouts um, each time. We're going to talk about what's going on in our world. So appreciate you guys
0: joining us. Andy. Mate, till next Wednesday. Good, good day. Good night. Good tomorrow, mate. (laughs) Thanks, Lee. Good. Thanks, Gag. Bye bye. (laughs)